podcast is brought to you by Healthy Dog Food Recipe Maker. If you would like to switch your dog from processed food to healthier diet, or if you are already feeding raw or cooked diet and would like to ensure that it is well balanced and complete, the recipe maker is for you. There are no human doctors who recommend processed food over fresh, wholesome diet, and it is time for the veterinary industry to do the same. The recipe maker is free for any caring dog lover, and I'm sure it is you. It has all the information you need on what foods are good for dogs, how much to feed, and to determine if your dog's weight is optimal and what supplement groups are needed to make the diet complete. All you need to do is to go to recipemaker.peterdubias.com and try to create your first recipe for your beloved dog. Hello, my dog lovers and other folks. This is Dr. Peter Tobias, and you're listening to Not Just About Dogs. Before I dive into part two of the puppy series, I want to remind you that I have also recorded part one, which is on immunity and socialization of puppies. It is super important to keep your puppies well socialized and also immune and protected while not to overuse vaccine and chemicals in their early stages of life. Without socialization, puppies either turn into scaredy dogs or annoying maladjusted punks that bully other dogs and embarrass their parents. You know what I mean? I'm sure that you've seen those dogs that uh, bully everyone. And also there are people who who don't know what to do and uh, are probably feeling bad. Most people adopt a puppy without even thinking about the basics of puppy care. They're unaware that as soon as they bring their new puppy home, they will be inevitably pulled into the black hole of processed food and toxic flea and tick products and chemicals. And those have very high potential to harm their sweet dog. As a veterinarian, I've seen it all from the drug reps coming to schmooze in the clinics and buying lunches and pizzas for the staff to the conferences that are sponsored and dominated by pet food and drug giants who organize lavish buffet dinners that are masterfully blended with so-called education pieces. These companies feed us very, very good food while they suggest that we should feed our dogs and other animals processed food. Now, they want to give veterinarians the impression that if they want to belong to the fault, they have to practice their medicine, and that means to use toxic drugs, chemicals, and kibble. It would be easy to slip into the mode of them versus us, but I suggest that we don't waste time trying to convert the unconvertible. The primary purpose of these companies and people who work for them is to maximize profits and please shareholders instead of transforming healthcare. They love the status quo the same way the car companies loved the world before Tesla and the book and music publishers took advantage of the artists and writers. But the world is changing and I think that healthcare is the next. And the only way we can change it is to empower ourselves, empower yourselves with knowledge that makes sense to you and is aligned with natural principles of healing 
and nutrition, no matter if the products are proprietary, natural or not natural, cheap or costly. The focus should be on the patient, on our dogs, on our own health, as opposed to profits or who benefits. Now, I know that this may be a very non-capitalist concept, but health and healthcare should not really belong in the same category as selling shoes or cars or other goods. Health is the most valuable possession, and it is also our natural wealth to be healthy. Now, when it comes to our dogs, they keep us healthy, they keep us sane, especially now. And therefore, it's so important to look after their health. And that starts from puppyhood. I think that you should also question everything because not all the advice that you get out there will be correct. And you have to make the best decision for your dog. Personally, I do not mind if you put my suggestions through scrutiny and ask questions because if you do, it means that you care. To say this, my plan today is to talk about food and puppies and all the myths that surround nutrition. There are many mistakes that people make with food and puppies. And perhaps you'll be shocked to learn that in the early 90s, I was one of the top-selling processed food veterinarians in British Columbia, Canada. I know it's kind of wild, but let me just give you a little bit of a background story. It kind of perplexes me that after I moved to Canada and obtained veterinary license, I didn't question if the heavily processed, heated and preserved food that sat on the shelf for months, sometimes years, is good for my patients. It was easy, and I truly believed that it was the right thing to do. But as time progressed, something just didn't feel right. I started to notice the discrepancy between healthy food for people and dogs. Human doctors never recommend kibble, and veterinarians were telling their clients that real food would be harmful to their dogs and puppies. I also started to see many puppies on processed food growing up fast, lanky, and weak, with increased rate of cartilage and bone disorders such as panosteitis, growing pains, hip dysplasia, abnormality of the hip joint development, elbow dysplasia, also osteochondritis, which is a cartilage growth defect that results in separation of the cartilage and causing pain in the joints. Cruciate ligament injuries as well of the knee are very common. That was one part of my observation. The other part was that as soon as dogs on processed food hit five years of age, they started slowing down and their bodies were plagued with problems. On top of that, most dogs on processed food were smelly, overweight, and their teeth were horrible. At one point, I realized that the veterinary profession was being misled and lied to. How could processed food full of starch, rendered fat, and cellulose, which is wood chips, be more nutritious than wholesome food? Of course it wasn't. Gradually, I started to switch more patients to natural food, whether raw, frozen, or cooked, and the transformations were just incredible. Most of the problems I used to see in kibble-fed dogs would disappear, and I would rarely see hip dysplasia and other growth issues. 25 years later, I have no doubt that natural food, whether it's cooked or raw, is much more nutritionally sound. After all, no human doctor recommends processed food over a wholesome diet. 
if you are thinking about making the switch for your puppy, adult dog, or senior dog, all you need to do is to go to recipemaker.peterdobias.com and you get all the information there, including the ingredients that you can feed, the ones that are not as good for dogs or even toxic, what the doses are, how frequently to feed, what bones to offer, what meats to offer, what vegetables to offer. It's a full meal deal uh, recipe maker for everyone to use for free because I think it's so important for people to learn the basics of healthy nutrition and it was a lot of fun to make it. Anyway, let's move on to the myths surrounding feeding puppies and young dogs. I love spending my time in dog parks because I learn all sorts of different uh, things, what people talk about, what they're struggling with, uh, what they think of veterinarians. It's kind of fun. And being undercover gives me an opportunity to become dog lover. And uh, people are much less guarded than if they knew that I was a veterinarian. So what are the most common myths surrounding puppy nutrition? Well, let's start with myth one. People believe that puppies must be fed kibble until they're fully grown. I have raised two of my own dogs for natural non-processed food and helped thousands of clients to do the same. I'm confident that feeding natural diet supplemented with essential supplements is the best way we can offer or the closest way we can, we can get to natural food as nature intended. Kibble is about 10 times as more calorie dense per volume, which makes puppies eat more calories than they necessarily would if the food wasn't dehydrated. And that leads to overeating and faster growth that makes puppies tall but weak. Imagine a plant that is over-fertilized. It grows tall but weak and it will keel over with a little bit of wind. But if the puppy eats just about the right amount of food, that nature intended, meaning non-dehydrated food that has about 90% water, then they feel satiated, but their calorie intake is not as high. Myth number two, only kibble can provide complete nutrition. Now let's start with the term complete nutrition or diet. What can be sufficient for one dog may not be enough for another. And no one can really say in absolute terms if a dog gets all the nutrients it needs from the same type of food that is fed every day. Now, if dogs lived in nature, they would be scavenging. They would be eating from all sorts of different sources, uh, from bugs to plant materials to prey animals, uh, birds and, and deer and rabbits. And uh, it would be much different than if they're fed one single protein diet with a few other ingredients. Nature never intended dogs to eat processed food, which is basically a mono diet that sits on the shelves for months and often goes rancid. Nutritionally, fresh frozen or cooked food is much better if it's followed with essentials such as vitamins, minerals, omega-3 oils and probiotics that are added in the food just before feeding. Now the reason why it's important to add these nutrients just before feeding is that if they're added in the food, they oxidize, go rancid, and they become much less nutritionally valuable. 
If you feed wholesome food and natural supplements, you're basically providing your dog a kind of smorgasbord of nutrients, and the body knows how to store or eliminate and throw off the excess if needed. In contrast, even if you feed the best ingredient kibble that had all the supplements, it will be inferior to fresh food because the food and nutrients degrade fast during storage. Myth number three, canned food is a good addition to puppy diet. Personally, I do my best to avoid cans for dogs and people. The plastic liners and lacquers in the cans are usually toxic and contain a whole array of chemicals that you don't want your puppy to get exposed to, nor do you. Canned food is also heated to about 130 Celsius, which is about 270 degrees Fahrenheit, which makes it practically dead food and nutritionally much less valuable. So if you can't avoid cans, please do, because there is nothing good in cans. If you do want to preserve food, though, for travel, let's say, you can actually put food in jars, and that's very different. If I buy any food that is preserved, I always go for glass. Let's say tomatoes are one of the good examples. Not for dogs, of course, but people. Let's go to myth number four. Kibble cleans teeth. Yes, right. And so do double chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But the problem is that kibble is highly processed and the highly processed food sticks to teeth much more readily than fresh food. Kibble is in fact one of the primary causes of dental disease and most people do not know that. They think that when food is crunchy that it must be good for teeth, but that is not true. Now, if you want to prevent tartar buildup, especially if you have a little dog, they suffer from very severe gingivitis and gum disease. It is super important to give them some raw bones they can crunch on and clean teeth because nature knows the best and nature intended bones to be the natural dental hygiene. Myth number five, diet switch must be done very gradually, especially in puppies. I often hear people saying that the breeder or the shelter was feeding kibble and therefore they have to keep the puppy on the same food for some time, sometimes months, sometimes even a year. This is definitely not true. You can switch your puppy as soon as it arrives to your home. First cook food for a couple of days and you can use, for example, meat and squash or pumpkin. 50% ratio is great. And eventually you can switch to raw or stay with cooked if you are not feeling comfortable with feeding raw. Once again, use the recipe maker by going to recipemaker.peterdubais.com to create balanced meals for them. The recipe maker is complimentary for any caring dog lover, which I'm sure is you. Myth number six, raw food has bacteria that is dangerous. Now, this is a good one because in the course of 25 years of feeding and recommending raw diet for dogs, I have no doubt that raw food is safer than processed food. Canines have a natural ability to resist bacteria because they're natural scavengers with very strong stomach acids that protect their digestive tract from pathogens. Plus, I like to know what I'm feeding and kibble is usually so processed that it makes it impossible to recognize what is in it. Pet food companies use fear of bacteria to market their food, but the digestive tract of wild and domestic canines is pretty much unrecognizable from each other. Processed 
poor quality ingredients and starches in kibble lead to much more frequent digestive disturbances in bacterial flora, which makes dogs more susceptible to pathogens. If your dog has a tendency to diarrhea, please go to my website at peterdubais.com and search for diarrhea, which will give you a detailed article on what to do if your dog has digestive troubles. Myth number seven, puppies must not eat chicken bones. I can only assume that this myth originates from problems with cooked bones, which are very different from raw and are dangerous, and I do not recommend them. But when it comes to raw bones, nature intended bones to be ingested. I don't know any wolves or coyotes that would debone their chicken or their birds or their rabbits. They also keep dogs entertained and keep them busy, especially with puppies, and out of trouble. If you want to learn more about safe bone feeding, all you need to do is to go to my website again and type bones or bone feeding in the search window. It'll come up with an article that will give you more details. Myth number eight, raw bones splinter and therefore they're dangerous. Once again, raw bones are safe and the sharp pointy pieces will not pierce your puppy's gut. The canine intestines are very strong. They have a very strong muscular layer that contracts and deflects sharper pieces without causing any harm. As a surgeon, I know how tough the dog intestines are. I've seen them many, many times. They're very difficult to pierce. Also, dogs have very strong stomach acids and bones generally predigest in the stomach before they are passed on to the gut. Myth number nine, some people believe that toothbrushing will prevent dental disease. Now, it may surprise you, but I do not clean my dog's teeth by a toothbrush. Instead, I give him medium-sized bones to crunch on and scale his teeth, which works really great, and that's what nature intended. The only thing I do from time to time is to scale Pax's canine teeth, the large pointy ones in the front, because they sometimes build up tartar despite bone chewing and You know, I believe that dogs would probably chew on some other materials in nature and it would work better. But in the present setting, it it doesn't work as well. There's one material that may help with uh, scaling and flossing the front teeth, including the canines. And those are young coconuts. They're very fibrous and dogs can actually just chew on them and they floss teeth. When a Pax has an opportunity to have these young coconuts, he actually does not need any scaling of the front canines, but otherwise he does. Myth number 10, puppies need different food than adult dogs and seniors. And this is a topic that I would like to stay on for a moment here. In nature, there is no mammal that would eat different food in adolescence, maturity, and senior years. There's just one species appropriate food for every dog or every tiger or every cat or every bird. Uh, There are no phase-related diets the way pet food companies have introduced them. My guess is that the life stage diets are just an invention of pet food companies as a marketing tool to give people an impression that dog feeding is very complex and that you should leave it up to them. I have fed the same diet to all life stages with great results, and I am fully confident that it is the best food for your dog. Myth number 11, large breeds need different food than smaller breeds. Once again, the same thing, there is no basis for such approach because the digestive tract of a large or small canine is pretty much the same. They just need different size food, but 
they need the same food. There should not be any difference in small and larger breeds. The problem is if we feed our large breeds kibble, they usually eat a lot, they have calorie dense food and they grow too fast and they're more likely to have problems because they grow big. So if you want to prevent your large breed dog from having growth abnormalities, make sure that you don't feed kibble because it's the best and fastest road to a disaster. Myth number 12, younger dogs need more protein than older dogs. I used to believe this myth too until I saw my senior patients wasting away because they were given low protein food. Low protein food makes dogs waste away. They lose muscle mass, they become weak, and the main reason is that they're basically malnourished by not getting enough uh, nutrients and protein. When I started my practice, I was also told that dogs with liver disease and kidney disease should get low protein diet. But unless they are in the final stage of liver disease and kidney disease, it is actually helpful to give them high quality, normal, regular diet because they do not waste away. And especially if they are losing some protein in the urine, Giving them low-protein diet actually doesn't really slow down kidney disease progression. It will make it worse if dogs are fed kibble or canned food. So if you have a dog with liver or kidney disease, please go to my website, peterdubias.com, look up liver disease or kidney disease, and it'll give you the dietary recommendations and all the other information. Myth number 13, if puppies do not eat, they need to be hand-fed. Now, this is a good one because for most people, food is an expression of love. And often we have a different idea what puppies should eat, what amount of food puppies should eat from the puppies. They know how much to eat if they're healthy, playful, and acting normally. I recommend you giving your puppy as much as it wants to eat, especially that means raw or cooked diet. If you're feeding kibble, puppies will usually overeat. And because it looks like we are feeding very little food in a dehydrated form, people have the worry that their puppies do not eat enough. Of course, you need to make sure that your puppy is free of parasites and healthy. But other than that, if your puppy's normal body weight, let it walk away from the food bowl and offer the same food at the next feeding. I've seen people hand feed their dogs, pour butter on their food, all kinds of crazy stuff. I remember one client had actually five different dogs, different breeds, different sizes. They all had issues with appetite because they were used to getting butter on their food and all sorts of goodies. And that is definitely not good. If your dog is not sick, they know the best how much to eat. And you have to trust me on that. Myth number 14, puppies need three sets of vaccines to be immune. Now, in the previous podcast, I talk about immunity, socialization, and vaccines. Look it up and make sure that you educate yourself because most puppies get more vaccines that need it, which stresses their immune system and eventually make them more sick. Myth number 15, puppies need to stay thin to prevent growth problems. I find this one especially frustrating because there are many puppies out there looking like walking bone racks. I like to feed puppies three times a day until five months of age, two times until one year, and then once a day. Now, once a day may be a little bit of a challenge for people, but it is known that dogs would naturally fast, and it is actually good to stimulate their certain enzymes, which are the anti-aging enzymes. So fasting is good for not only dogs, but also people. 
Puppies should eat as much food as they need and they get rarely overweight if they are fed regular raw or cooked food. The problem is not the quantity but the calorie density that makes puppies overeat and grow too fast. If we feed the right food, there should be no problem with feeding puppies as much as they want. And I want you to remember that. Don't believe breeders. Don't believe veterinarians who say that you have to limit your puppy's food. Would you limit the food for your baby? I don't think so. And we should not do this either for dogs. If you are looking for a handy chart to recognize if your dog is overweight or underweight, you can go to my website to the recipe maker.peterdubias.com and, and get an idea if your dog is over or underweight. The other thing that you can do, you can just simply feel the ribs and the hips. If you are not able to feel and count the ribs, that means that your dog is overweight. And if you can see the ribs, if you give your dog a bath and wet their coat, or if they are short hair and if you can see the ribs, that means that their dog is underweight. And that's about it for today. If you have any questions, you can always go to peterdubias.com and submit your request or question in the window there. And don't forget to subscribe to my newsletter because I publish new information every week on how to keep your dog healthy and happy for many years to come. Have a wonderful day and give your dog a hug for me. Take care.